following sermon is by Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel in Northwest San Antonio, Texas. For more information, for prayer, or to support us financially, please visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Gracious Father, we are here today hungry, not just for your divine word. We are hungry for you. Yes, Lord, our appetites will not be satisfied by words without meaning. We need the living word made flesh. We need the one who made his dwelling among us. We need Christ our Lord. So then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, feed us, Jesus, for our souls depend on it. In his holy name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Years ago, years ago, maybe not that long ago, when I was a criminal investigator for the state, I was looking into the disappearance of many children in the Houston area. Well, that investigation led me to a group, a group that was a part, uh, basically a group that was basically, it was a satanic cult group. This very strange group, as you can imagine, did a number of things that were wicked and were, were certainly blasphemy according to Holy Scripture. But one of the things that they did, uh, and that I can remember and I'll share with you, one of the things they did is they held what they called a black mass. A black mass. And during this mass, this, this worship, they drank animal blood. Or so they say it was animal blood. I, it could have been a chicken's blood. I don't know. I don't even know if it was really blood, but they said it was. In their perverted ways, they did this to symbolize the darkness of death. You see, blood is the symbol of life. And if you think about it, blood is the lifeline to every living creature on this planet. Every living creature on this planet. Now, I tell you that story. Uh, it's a graphic story. But I, I tell you the story to emphasize the seriousness of sin in this world. Our passage is about the seriousness of sin and what God is doing about it. It is a prophecy of how God is saving those who have been tainted by the wickedness of sin through blood. Through blood. That is God's, that we can refer that to as God's blood covenant with his people. The blood, covenant, the blood covenant between God and his people for the atonement of our souls is fulfilled 
through the shed blood of Christ on the cross. That's the gospel. That's what we believe. His blood for our lives. We refer to that as substitutionary atonement. He is our substitutionary atonement. Think about that. How astonishing it is that God would shed his own blood to pay the penalty for our sin. That's astonishing. The creator of heaven and earth, the creator of all things that are seen and unseen, the creator of every living creature on this planet, the creator who sustains us, the creator who gives us our next breath, was willing to shed blood, his blood, for us today. Today is the first Sunday in what the church traditionally calls Advent, the Advent season. Now, the Advent season is, is, is an anticipation and a celebration of the birth of Christ. It is observed by many Christian traditions, denominations, and it typically spans a, a four-week, a four-Sunday season leading up to Christmas Day. The word Advent is derived from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. And in our case, in our celebration, it does mean coming or arrival because he has already arrived and he is coming again. The first week of Advent, by tradition, focuses on hope. Hope, our hope, that does not disappoint. And it also is a reflection of prophecy, Old Testament prophecy, for those that were alive before the Messiah came. Our text reflects the Old Testament and Old Testament prophecy about the coming Messiah and the hope of salvation, the hope of redemption and salvation. And we know that comes only through Jesus Christ himself. Now, we should note that the early church, when the, when the tradition started, the celebration of Advent started, their focus was on the second coming. Eventually, it started focusing on the birth of Christ. But the, their focus was on the second coming. We do celebrate the birth of Christ because we know he came. We also look forward with eager anticipation of his return that could happen anytime. So as we look at our text, we can clearly see a prophetic announcement, a prophetic announcement. This prophetic announcement that Derek read to us just a couple of minutes ago was written, was announced 15 centuries before the birth of Christ. And this prophecy states that our atonement, that is, the atonement for our souls, is secured by the shedding of blood on the altar. That has got to have 
Well, we know what it, what the Old Testament people back in the Old Testament would, would have understood this. By the shedding of blood on the altar of God it has come. Our atonement has come through the shedding of blood. Our text tells us that life, that the life of the flesh is the blood. Excuse me, that the life of the flesh is the blood. So if the life of the flesh is the blood and we are told that we are broken, that we are fallen, that we are dead in our trespasses, then the only way a dead person can come to life is through blood. That's gone through, through the history of the Bible. From after the fall, we have seen time after time sacrificial offerings of blood. Remember, we had sacrificial offerings and, and, and other type of offerings, but the sacrificial offerings always in blood, always involved blood. From the very start, it, invo it involved blood. And that was for a reason. Life, life that comes through blood, we know comes through the blood of Christ, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life, and that is the life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. During the time when, when um, during this time of season, we have a lot of people that set up nativity scenes. And in the nativity scenes, you have what? All these animals, and we have... Wise men coming in the background. What we have Mary and Joseph, and in the center of the nativity scene, we have a baby. A baby. And sometimes our our culture, sometimes we forget that that's symbolic. It's just a symbolic reminder of the birth of Christ. But that baby came to die. Came to die, came to shed blood to save us. That is what we celebrate. That is what we know. See, if, if from the very start of today's worship, you heard the word love continuously. We sang about it. We read about it. We keep hearing this love. And it was because of the love of God that he gave us his son. Love. But in this love, what do we hear? Blood. Blood. The word blood mentioned over and over again. I told you the story about this satanic cult on purpose to get you to, 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 to get you to grasp this, this seriousness of blood and how our Savior shed his blood for us. But it was by that that God reveals his love for us. Our atonement cost Jesus. His life on the cross, he came to die for our sins. Oh, how many people in our society, even Christians, want a bloodless cross. And they don't want to talk about the blood. They don't want to talk about sacrificial, the substitutionary atonement on the cross. They'd rather skip over that because it is too dirty. It's too messy. Oh, don't they hear about this? They need to hear about this. 
They need to hear how much God loves them, loves them to the point of dying, coming, coming from heaven, becoming a human, being born of a virgin. Can you imagine him growing in the womb of a virgin, the virgin Mary, and then being born? Oh, how many people want a bloodless cross. See, that's not the reality. That's not the reality of how God atones for our sins. Sin is bad. I mean, bad is not even a, bad is not even a word to describe how, how horrible sin is. But it, it is the epitome of all evil. It is counter everything, God. Sin wants to destroy us. That's the state we're in, in our fallen state of being. Romans 5.12 says, Just as sin came into the world through the one man, the sin of Adam, and death through sin. Death through sin. And so death spread to all men and women because all have sinned. Now we're talking about it. Now we're talking about blood and how it all has to change with blood. This means that we are all dead in our trespasses. So that if the life of the flesh is in the blood, it's going to take blood to make atonement for us. All the sacrificial the ceremonies, the, the sacrificial systems of the Old Testament, that's why they're doing it. The, the animal is the substitute until the ultimate substitute shows up. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is from the very beginning they always knew it was about blood. Can you imagine that, that when God's people in the Old Testament, when they would sin, they had they had sacri they would sacrifice for their sins, but they also had a mandatory day of sacrifice, the Day of Atonement, where millions of people would show up to, in Jerusalem and they would buy their sacrifices or animals to be slaughtered at the temple. And, and, and sometimes we think it's like 20 or 30 or 50, maybe even 100. No, no, no. We're talking about thousands upon thousands of animals that are being slaughtered. You can imagine the bloody mess that was going on. Blood probably up to their knees at the temple where all these sacrifices were taking place. And, and we're not told how this, is, this all happened or what they did. But it was continuous. It was continuous one right after the other. That's the mess that we're in. That's the symbolic, the symbolism involved in the atonement that God was going to bring us through the shed blood of the ultimate atonement, his son, the lamb, the lamb of God, the foreshadow of the ultimate atonement. Ah, but see, in the New Testament, we're told, in Hebrews 10, Verse 4, we're told that it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Why are they doing that then? Because they were told to do that. They were commanded to do that. 
that was their substitute at that time until the ultimate substitute arrived on the scene. When our Lord, for our triune God, before the creation of the world, before God created the universe, he knew that man was going to fall. God knew what he was going to do to save some, to save the many. That was God the Father. God the Son knew that he, he would come, become a human, suffer the death, his death, human death on the cross. That is what it's all about. That is what's going on. That is all that's involved. That's, that, that's the entirety of what's involved in this, this blood sacrifice for our atonement. Jesus introduces the new understanding of the significance of blood with his blood. See, they were making sacrifices up to the time when even when Jesus was walking this earth, and he's telling his disciples, it's, it's going to change. This is about to change. During the Last Supper, you remember we do it every week. Jesus takes a cup and gives thanks and says, This blood, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew 26, 28. And Paul talks about the same thing in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. When, uh, when, he, when he talks about it, he recounts the words of Jesus during the institution, when he institutes the Lord's Supper, where Jesus refers to the cup as the new covenant. Blood covenant, new covenant in blood, his blood. The new covenant in my blood. Jesus is using some uh, sim symbolism, the symbolism of his blood. Now, when I say symbolism, I'm not saying that he didn't really bleed. He really bled. But when he hands the cup to him, it's symbolic of his bleeding, his dying on the cross. And he's saying to his disciples, as he says to us, drink from it, all of you, and partake of the new covenant in my blood for the remission of sin. Powerful stuff. Think about that. Hundreds of years have passed and they slaughtered animals. They slaughtered animals before. They slaughtered animals during the time he walked this earth. And now he's saying, that's Indy. It is my blood that they're going to slaughter. And it's by my blood that you're saved. What a message. What a message. A powerful message. The sad, <clears throat> not the sadness. The joy that we have in hearing something like that is that we know that it's true. And we know that our sins have been cleansed by God himself. And he did it by dying, shedding blood. God's blood accounts for a lot of things and it accounts for our salvation. <clears throat> God's blood accounts for our salvation. <clears throat> Excuse me. By participating in the Lord's Supper and drinking of the cup, we're partaking, and we are partaking in the benefits of the new covenant. 
in his blood. See, when we when we uh, when someone comes up and and they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, part of that ceremony is when we rejoice in that is that they now partake in the Lord's table. And every week, every week, it is symbolic of what we are doing. We are receiving him. We are receiving him because he gave his body. He gave shed blood to save us. Herein is love. Not that we love God, that he loved us. And sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. First John 4. Verse 10, we loved him, meaning God, because he first, he first loved who? Us. First John 4, 19, the blood covenant is a covenant of grace, God's grace, God's grace for our salvation. Now, some may be thinking, and some probably do think when they hear this, what? How does that affect me? What does that mean to me? What in the Gospel of St. Matthew, again, in chapter 26, verses 27 and 28, God is taking. And you may hear somebody ask that question, so this would be a good time to share this with them. You can say that God took a cup. And after he gave thanks, he gave the cup to them. He gave the cup to them and said, drink, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for, for many, many. Some of us want to say multitude. Maybe you think many's not many, many's not how much is many? Those are the words that he used for the forgiveness of sin. See, there's the question. That's the question that everyone has to answer. Are you a part of the many? Are you personally a part of the many? Are you a part of the many who will enter the kingdom of God? See, that's the good news. The fact that Jesus is using the word many is something that we can rejoice in. We can rejoice in. We can rejoice in knowing that many means more than a handful. There's a story that uh, theologian Martin Luther had shared in his writings uh, that I thought was kind of neat. He, he's, he's at a church. This is during all the mess of the Reformation and all that. So he's at a church, and he sees a picture, a picture on the church wall. And in this picture, there's a boat. And on that boat, there are clergymen, even the Pope, a symbol of the Pope, clergymen, monks and friars. And they're all sailing to glory. They're all heaven bound. But in that picture, as they're sailing on this boat, are the, the laity, the people, us. 
in the water, drowning in our sins, drowning in the water, reaching out, wanting him to take, grab a hold of us to take him with him. And the religious people were there trying to get them in. See, that, that picture is not good, not good for the message of the gospel, because it is not the religious, the clergy that's saved. It's Christ who saves. It is by the blood of Christ that we're saved. They are not pulling, cannot pull us out of the, the deep waters of sin. Only Christ can do that. And see, that picture is also not very good because it's not just the laity, the few that are saved. It's the many, the many, the many that are saved. And that is what we rejoice in. Scripture teaches that Christ shed blood for the many, not the few. Christ shed his blood for the many sinners. That's us. That's us. You and me for our sins. It is Jesus who leads us into the promised land by the shedding of his blood. See, as we celebrate this first Sunday in Advent, we rejoice in knowing that the Messiah has shown up, that the ultimate sacrifice has shown up, and he has shed blood for our sins and the sins of those even before he came. And we can also look forward to his return. That's what we celebrate in Advent. That's why we celebrate and we're reminded of the Advent season. So we go back to the question, are you a part of the many? And if you are in Christ, you are. You are part of the many. And this passage, this, this text, should bring us comfort in knowing that it's real and that God is serious. He's serious about doing away with sin and saving his people because he shed God blood. But see, if you're not in Christ, it's not too late. It's not too late to realize the seriousness of your condition, broken condition. You were dead. You need the lifeblood of Christ to save. Receive him and live. Let us pray together. You've been listening to Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel. For more information about our church, visit our website at stephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Please join us prayerfully and financially as we seek to glorify God by preaching His Word and spreading the gospel of grace in boldness and selflessness.